0: Hi, this is Danny Whitaker with Devoted to Scripture. I'm reading through the Bible in a year and sharing my reading with you. This is day 318 of our journey. Today we read about the daily life of Paul as he traveled from city to city. He would consistently begin his ministry in a new area by speaking in the synagogues among the Jews. Inevitably, the Jews would reject the truth and begin to cause an uproar, so Paul would move out from the synagogue to the streets where he would teach among the Gentiles. He would spend long periods of time in each city, teaching and convincing the people there that Jesus is the Messiah. Join me in Acts 17-19 for the many adventures of Paul as he spread the good news. Acts 17. After they traveled through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a Jewish synagogue. Paul went to the Jews in the synagogue, as he customarily did, and on three Sabbath days he addressed them from the Scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that the Christ had to suffer and to rise from the dead, saying, This Jesus I am proclaiming to you is the Christ. Some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, along with a large group of God-fearing Greeks and quite a few prominent women. But the Jews became jealous, and gathering together some worthless men from the rabble in the marketplace, they formed a mob and set the city in an uproar. They attacked Jason's house, trying to find Paul and Silas to bring them out to the assembly. When they did not find them, They dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city officials, screaming, These people, who have stirred up trouble throughout the world, have come here too, and Jason has welcomed them as guests. They are all acting against Caesar's decrees, saying there is another king named Jesus. They caused confusion among the crowd and the city officials who heard these things. After the city officials had received bail from Jason and the others, they released them. The brothers sent Paul and Silas off to Berea at once during the night. When they arrived they went to the Jewish synagogue. These Jews were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica for they eagerly received the message examining the scriptures carefully every day to see if these things were so. Therefore many of them believed along with quite a few prominent Greek women and men. But when the Jews from Thessalonica heard that Paul had also proclaimed the word of God in Berea, they came there too, inciting and disturbing the crowds. Then the brothers sent Paul away to the coast at once. But Silas and Timothy remained in Berea. Those who accompanied Paul escorted him as far as Athens, And after receiving an order for Silas and Timothy to come to him as soon as possible, they left. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, his spirit was greatly upset because he saw the city was full of idols. So he was addressing the Jews and the God-fearing Gentiles in the synagogue and in the marketplace every day those who happened to be there. Also, Some of the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers were conversing with him, and some were asking, what does this foolish babbler want to say? Others said, he seems to be a proclaimer of foreign gods. They said this because he was proclaiming the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. So they took Paul and brought him to the Areopagus, saying, may we know what this new teaching is that you are proclaiming? For you are bringing some surprising things to our ears, So we want to know what they mean. All the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there used to spend their time in nothing else than telling or listening to something new. So Paul stood before the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I see that you are very religious in all respects. For as I went around and observed closely your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, To an unknown God. Therefore, what you worship without knowing it, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, who is Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by human hands, nor is he served by human hands, as if he needed anything, because he himself gives life and breath and everything to everyone. From one man he made every nation of the human race to inhabit the entire earth, determining their set times and the fixed limits of the places where they would live, so that they would search for God and perhaps grope around for him and find him, though he is not far off from each one of us. For in him we live and move about and exist, as even some of your own poets have said, for we too are his offspring. So, since we are God's offspring— We should not think the deity is like gold or silver or stone, an image made by human skill and imagination. Therefore, although God has overlooked such times of ignorance, he now commands all people everywhere to repent, because he has set a day on which he is going to judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he designated, having provided proof to everyone by raising him from the dead. Now when they heard about the resurrection from the dead, some began to scoff, but others said, We will hear you again about this. So Paul left the Areopagus, but some people joined him and believed. Among them were Dionysius, who was a member of the Areopagus, a woman named Damaris, and others with them. Acts 18 After this, Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth. There he found a Jew named Achilla, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had ordered all the Jews to depart from Rome. Paul approached them, and because he worked at the same trade, he stayed with them and worked with them, for they were tent makers by trade. He addressed both Jews and Greeks in the synagogue every Sabbath, attempting to persuade them. Now, when Silas and Timothy arrived from Macedonia, Paul became wholly absorbed with proclaiming the word, testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Christ. When they opposed him and reviled him, he protested by shaking out his clothes and said to them, Your blood be on your own heads. I am guiltless. From now on I will go to the Gentiles." Then Paul left the synagogue and went to the house of a person named Titius Justus, a Gentile who worshipped God, whose house was next door to the synagogue. Crispus, the president of the synagogue, believed in the Lord together with his entire household, and many of the Corinthians who heard about it believed and were baptized. The Lord said to Paul by a vision in the night, Do not be afraid, but speak, and do not be silent, because I am with you and no one will assault you to harm you, because I have many people in this city. So he stayed there a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. Now, while Gallio was proconsul of Achaia, the Jews attacked Paul together and brought him before the judgment seat, saying, This man is persuading people to worship God in a way contrary to the law. But just as Paul was about to speak, Gallio said to the Jews, If it were a matter of some crime or serious piece of villainy, I would have been justified in accepting the complaint of you Jews. But since it concerns points of disagreement about words and names and your own law, settle it yourselves. I will not be a judge of these things. Then he had them forced away from the judgment seat. So they all seized Sosthenes, the president of the synagogue, and began to beat him in front of the judgment seat. Yet none of these things were of any concern to Gallio. Paul, after staying many more days in Corinth, said farewell to the brothers and sailed away to Syria, accompanied by Priscilla and Achilla. He had his hair cut off at Centria, because he had made a vow. When they reached Ephesus, Paul left Priscilla and Aquila behind there, but he himself went into the synagogue and addressed the Jews. When they asked him to stay longer, He would not consent, but said farewell to them and added, I will come back to you again if God wills. Then he set sail from Ephesus, and when he arrived at Caesarea, he went up and greeted the church at Jerusalem and then went down to Antioch. After he spent some time there, Paul left and went through the region of Galatia and Phrygia, strengthening all the disciples. Now a Jew named Apollos a native of Alexandria, arrived in Ephesus. He was an eloquent speaker, well-versed in the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and with great enthusiasm he spoke and taught accurately the facts about Jesus, although he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak out fearlessly in the synagogue. But when Priscilla and Achilla heard him, they took him aside and explained the way of God to him more accurately. When Apollos wanted to cross over to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. When he arrived, he assisted greatly those who had believed by grace, for he refuted the Jews vigorously in public debate, demonstrating from the scriptures that the Christ was Jesus. Acts 19. While Apollos was in Corinth. Paul went through the inland regions and came to Ephesus. He found some disciples there and said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They replied, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul said, Into what then were you baptized? Into John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John baptized with a baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him. That is, in Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they began to speak in tongues and to prophesy. Now there were about twelve men in all. So Paul entered the synagogue and spoke out fearlessly for three months, addressing and convincing them about the kingdom of God. But when some were stubborn, and refused to believe, reviling the way before the congregation, he left them and took the disciples with him, addressing them every day in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. This went on for two years, so that all who lived in the province of Asia, both Jews and Greeks, heard the word of the Lord. God was performing extraordinary miracles by Paul's hands, so that when even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his body were brought to the sick, their diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. But some itinerant Jewish exorcists tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were possessed by evil spirits, saying, I sternly warn you, by Jesus whom Paul preaches. Now seven sons of a man named Siva, a Jewish high priest, were doing this. But the evil spirit replied to them, I know about Jesus, and I am acquainted with Paul, but who are you? Then the man who was possessed by the evil spirit jumped on them and beat them all into submission. He prevailed against them, so that they fled from the house naked and wounded. This became known to all who lived in Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks. Fear came over them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was praised. Many of those who had believed came forward confessing and making their deeds known. Large numbers of those who had practiced magic collected their books and burned them up in the presence of everyone. When the value of the books was added up, it was found to total 50,000 silver coins. In this way, the word of the Lord continued to grow in power and to prevail. Now, after all these things had taken place, Paul resolved to go to Jerusalem, passing through Macedonia and Achaia, he said, After I have been there, I must also see Rome. So, after sending two of his assistants, Timothy and Erastus, to Macedonia, he himself stayed on for a while in the province of Asia. At that time, a great disturbance took place concerning the way, for a man named Demetrius, a silversmith who made silver shrines of Artemis, brought a great deal of business to the craftsmen. He gathered these together, along with the workmen in similar trades, and said, Men, you know that our prosperity comes from this business. And you see and hear that this Paul has persuaded and turned away a large crowd, not only in Ephesus, but in practically all of the province of Asia, by saying that gods made by hands are not gods at all. There is danger, not only that this business of ours will come into disrepute, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis will be regarded as nothing, and she whom all the province of Asia and the world worship will suffer the loss of her greatness. When they heard this, they became enraged and began to shout, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! The city was filled with the uproar, and the crowd rushed to the theater together, dragging with them Gaius and Aristarchus, the Macedonians who were Paul's traveling companions. But when Paul wanted to enter the public assembly, the disciples would not let him. Even some of the provincial authorities, who were his friends, sent a message to him, urging him not to venture into the theater. So then, some were shouting one thing, some another, for the assembly was in confusion, and most of them did not know why they had met together. Some of the crowd concluded it was about Alexander, because the Jews had pushed him to the front. Alexander! Gesturing with his hands, was wanting to make a defense before the public assembly. But when they recognized that he was a Jew, they all shouted in unison, "'Great is Artemis of the Ephesians!' for about two hours. After the city secretary quieted the crowd, he said, "'Men of Ephesus, what person is there who does not know that the city of the Ephesians is the keeper of the temple of the great Artemis and of her image that fell from heaven?' So because these facts are indisputable, you must keep quiet and not do anything reckless. For you have brought these men here, who are neither temple robbers nor blasphemers of our goddess. If then Demetrius and the craftsmen who are with him have a complaint against someone, the courts are open, and there are proconsuls. Let them bring charges against one another there. But if you want anything in addition, it will have to be settled in a legal assembly for we are in danger of being charged with rioting today, since there is no cause we can give to explain this disorderly gathering. After he had said this, he dismissed the assembly. Thank you for joining me on our shared walk through Scripture today. Devotion to Scripture doesn't begin and end here. My prayer is that you will be encouraged to dig deeper and spend some additional time in God's Word today. If you're looking for a great place to start, Check the episode description where you will always find a few key verses from the day's reading to reflect on further. I'd love to hear from you. How is God using this podcast to help you grow? How can I be praying for you? Email me at devotedtoscripture@gmail.com. at gmail.com. It's amazing seeing a passage come alive as we understand its place in the whole story of the Bible. Knowing and ultimately being a part of that story is the most important undertaking of your life. Join me tomorrow to continue the journey. Be devoted to Scripture.